This is Digital Marketing Happy Hour Last Call. Grab a beverage and listen while we peruse the news and catch you up on the digital marketing news you may have missed this past week. Digital Marketing Happy Hour Last Call is brought to you by Araxum News. Visit news.araxum.com. That's news.araxam.com to stay up to date on the latest digital marketing and MarTech news. It's updated daily. Subscribe today and never miss out. Now, on with the news. Google's user tracking crackdown has advertisers bracing for change. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that a move by Google to rein in tracking of web users drew mixed reviews in the ad world, with some executives expressing cautious optimism the change will be good for consumers and others worrying it will increase the tech giant's industry stranglehold. The Alphabet Inc. company announced Wednesday that its ad tools would no longer support individual tracking of users across websites starting in 2022. Taken with a similar announcement last year that Google plans to stop supporting a key tool for such tracking called third-party cookies, the moves represent a major shift from the latest player in digital advertising, an industry where many companies rely on tracking and targeting users. Advertisers use data harvested from people's browsing across the web to figure out whom to serve an ad to and whether that person then went on to buy the advertised product. After Google's change, they won't be able to get as detailed a picture of either. Quote, in a way, you are losing the ability to track and measure behavior as we have been accustomed to at this point, said George Popstefanov, chief executive of digital ad agency PMG. However, he supports the change, which he believes is better for consumers. I think our ability to track and measure is going to change, but I don't think it's going to be worse, he said. Scott Hagedorn, North American chief executive of Omnicom Media Group, a collection of media agencies, said the Google privacy change is part of an inexorable trend the company had long been preparing for. Quote, we've been planning for it for 10 years, he said, describing the change as seismic. Now, Ryan, this is actually not a surprise here because we've been talking about privacy and changes in the advertising industry for months at this point. You see Apple making moves with their apps. We've been talking about the elimination of third-party cookies. Prior to that, we had been talking about some of the privacy laws that are coming out. This is sort of the next logical progression of how this is going to go. And there is a balance that we're trying to strike here, which is that consumers deserve the privacy afforded to them. And at the same time, advertisers need to find a way to reach their customer base. And that's what's going to make this so interesting is that I do think in the long run, this is a good move. But we've been talking about a lot of these third-party solutions that are coming out in order to support some level of anonymized tracking. And it'll be interesting to see which one of those ends up being the winner. Yeah, this is definitely something that we have been talking about, something we'll keep an eye on because it is going to be a shift, especially from an advertising standpoint. But to better understand about the data privacy, go back and listen to episode 45, how data privacy is affecting digital marketing with Puneet Bhatia. He really gets into the data privacy laws. And I think he says it in a way that you don't have to be an expert to understand what's going on. So he really did a great job. And I think that episode aligns perfectly what's still going on in the news. Amazon and talks to carry exclusive NFL games on Prime Video. The New York Post reported that the National Football League is reportedly nearing signing new broadcast rights deals 
with media partners that could see Amazon carry many games exclusively and TV networks pay as much as double their current rates. New agreements could be in place as early as this week, the Wall Street Journal reported citing anonymous sources. The TV deals for the league's Sunday and Monday franchises with Fox, CBS, NBC, and ESPN are likely to run for as long as 11 years. ESPN's deal is likely to go in effect after the 2021-22 season, while the Fox, CBS, and NBC agreements could kick in after the 2022-23 season. Last December, it was reported that Amazon was a front runner for the Thursday night package and that overall, the NFL is expected to amass more than $100 billion for all its TV rights deals with its partners. A deal with Amazon would result in a significant number of Thursday night games exclusively on its prime video platform and represent the league's biggest move into streaming. Those games wouldn't be available on traditional TV outside of the local markets of the two teams playing. If Amazon's deal is completed, it wouldn't take effect until after the 2022 season when Fox's current pact for Thursday night football expires. Fox is now paying $660 million a season for that package, adding that Amazon's deal could reach a billion dollars. So there's a lot happening here. A couple of things with the NFL. They see the same data that we've talked about here on this podcast. Streaming is not an anomaly. The pandemic has absolutely transformed more people into watching streaming television than they ever have. And these trends are going to continue. So the the Amazons of the world, which the NFL is trying to capitalize on, is going to play a significant role. What's interesting about Thursday night games, they used to be not the greatest games. And in the NFL, everybody gets at least one primetime game. So even if you're an awful market or an awful team, you at least get that one primetime game and they designate that for Thursday nights. So what's interesting here is obviously for Amazon Prime to shell out that much money, it's to drive subscriptions. And if they can get quality games on Thursday nights, people are going to want to watch those. So I find this interesting that this is an avenue that really NFL is going down. They seem to be a little bit you know, forward thinking than other of the North America major sports. So that is interesting to watch. On the other side of this, with these huge deals, if you're a fan of the NFL and sports, these sports contracts are going to go through the roof. The salary caps for each teams are going to be raised. So at the end of the day, the players are going to really capitalize on this. They're going to make more money, but obviously it's the ownership will always continue to make more money in sports. So I like where the NFL is going. People are already streaming. They have already cut the cord or they are a cord shaver, which means they have a traditional cable, but they also stream, which could be like on Amazon, Netflix, and so forth. So we're seeing, and obviously with deals like this that are 10 years plus, it just goes to show you streaming is absolutely going to consume how we watch TV uh, even further than we do now. Yeah, these TV deals always fascinate me, but what we're seeing right now is a content grab. There's so many different streaming services now, and everybody's holding fast to their content, right? And they used to be quicker. If you go back 10 or 15 years ago, they used to be quicker to license their content out to others. Now you're seeing people try to pull the content within. And this is a case where Amazon is trying to feature Prime more prominently. And one of the ways they feel they can do that is by grabbing NFL games on Thursdays. This is a big play for them. And I think you're going to see a lot more of this to come. Taco Bell owner Yum Brands buys AI business to improve marketing. 
MSN is reporting that Yum Brands, parent company of Taco Bell, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Pizza Hut, and the Habit Burger Grill, announced last week that it has bought Cavantum, a company that uses artificial intelligence for consumer insights and marketing performance analytics. The Taco Bell owner plans to use the acquisition to optimize its marketing spending, giving it a leg up on fast food rivals. In the last decade, deal-making in the restaurant industry has expanded from adding more portfolio brands to purchasing technology that can drive sales growth for the buyer. Several of Yum's international markets have already worked with the U.S.-based Cavantum, which was founded in 2012. Quote, Cavantum is an innovator in data analytics and marketing optimization and has a proven track record of delivering significant value to several of our international markets by enabling data-driven marketing decisions to increase sales and better leverage media budgets, Yum Chief Digital and Technology Officer Clay Johnson said in a statement. In 2015, Yum acquired Collider Lab, a consulting firm that hires sociologists and anthropologists to provide culture-based consumer insights. Yum plans to combine the newly acquired machine learning approach with Collider Labs data. The Cavantum business unit will still consult with clients outside the restaurant industry once it's part of Yum. The deal is expected to close at the end of the first quarter, subject to standard closing conditions. Financial terms of the acquisition were not disclosed. And Ryan, the reason this is fascinating to me is they didn't sign an exclusive licensing deal with this agency. They bought them. A restaurant industry purchased an AI company here. When you think about the restaurant industry and you think about the types of acquisitions that they might make, whether it's real estate or perhaps new ways of processing foods or perhaps shipping and things like that, maybe a software company wouldn't be high on that list. And yet here you're seeing them acquire it and find ways to work it into their business model. And this could be a big game changer for Yum here. Yeah, it, it, all the reasons that you talked about it being fascinating with the fact that AI uh, technologies are being bought uh, for the restaurant business. It just goes to show you in this digital marketing landscape with artificial intelligence, it's being used not just by digital marketers, but your brick and mortar, your multinational corporations to better enhance their digital marketing activities. So definitely something to keep an eye on and see how other you know quick service restaurants and so forth, uh, if they adapt similar uh, companies or incorporate more AI into their marketing. Google My Business report shows how people found your business. Barry Schwartz of Search Engine Land reported that Google My Business has upgraded the new performance report, which was an upgrade from the Insights report to add a section for people who viewed your business profile. This new section shows how people found your local listing, either on desktop or mobile, and either through Google Search or Google Maps. To see what the report looks like, you can access this report by logging into Google My Business, clicking on Your Business, and highlighting the Insights tab on the left. Then you can access the new performance reports at the top of the page. Once you're in there, if you scroll down, there's a section that shows how people discovered you. When you're in the report, the people who viewed your business profile section on the left will give you a breakdown of who viewed your profile on Google Search versus Google Maps, and then by desktop device, or mobile device. The right-hand side data is query data, similar to what Google showed in the old Insights reports. The report for platform and device breakdown rolled out as a beta in late January, was shortly after Google launched the other metrics in early January. Google has updated the help document to add a section for the users who viewed your profile section. The section explains that it is the number of unique visitors to your profile. A user can be counted a limited number of times if they visit your business profile on multiple devices and platforms 
such as desktop or mobile and Google Maps or Google Search. Per breakdown device and platform, a user can only be counted once a day. Multiple daily visits aren't counted. When we look at all of this with the updates that Google My Business is doing, clearly it's to provide us more data and more information. And this really helps not just from obviously an SEO standpoint, but if you're a local brick and mortar, how are people finding you local? What are they typing in to then click on Google Maps and then to arrive at your location? It's been in beta for the last two months or so. So some people who are actively in Google My Business, you might have actually had a chance to see this. But now that it is rolled out, it is going to help businesses of all sizes to better understand what people are typing in to get to your location. And then once they type it in, are they on mobile? Are they on desktop? Are they using Google Maps? So I find this to be great. It's just more information that digital marketers need to help with their SEO and just to measure, you know, what kind of reach they're getting, especially from a local standpoint. Yeah, we're reading a lot of changes here in terms of tracking in the advertising industry. And what we're seeing on the flip side of that is the tech owners of some of these platforms are beefing up the data and insights that you can get. And this is a perfect example of Google My Business and the power within and the data that's now going to be available to business users. So you might lose some of the tracking on the front side, but on the back side, Platforms like this are going to give you some deeper insights and allow you to make some decisions, which, you know, does kind of feed into that argument is, you know, are, are the tech titans making themselves sort of the dominant players in the space, despite some of the changes with privacy protection here? And are some going to win at this game? At the end of the day, it does generate better service for the consumer and does put more power in the hands of the business owner, but there's going to be sort of an evolution that takes place there. And I think we're going to see more of this to come in the weeks ahead, Ryan. That was a quick recap of some of the top news you might have missed. We'll leave you with this quote from Steve Jobs, co-founder of Apple. The most powerful person in the world is the storyteller. The storyteller sets the vision, values, and agenda of an entire generation that is to come. If you enjoyed listening to Digital Marketing Happy Hour, please hit that subscribe button so you can effortlessly get that next episode downloaded right on your phone. If you really like us, please give us a rating and a review. We truly appreciate it. This was Last Call. Thank you for listening. You don't have to go home, but you can stay here.